Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. So, Nathan, thanks very much uh, for joining me today on the Aritay Podcast. Fantastic uh, to have you along. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Perhaps just to begin with, let's know a little bit about your current professional responsibilities. Oh, very good. Well, thank you for the opportunity also. Um, so, currently I'm, uh, I'm the National Sales Manager for RDO Equipment, um, which RDO Equipment encompasses the John Deere construction forestry product. Um, my uh, day-to-day responsibility is, is to increase market share and uh, increase overall turnover for um, the John Deere product line in the construction forestry space. Um, yeah, the managing the team, um, managing inventory, uh, and uh, really coaching and uh, and leading us towards our goals and our vision and the core values of our business. Oh, that's excellent. And Nathan, you know, most people I imagine would be familiar with the name John Deere. I mean, uh, we've been seeing it in movies and ads and so on, you know, for probably most of our lives. But RDO Equipment is um, a name that they may not be familiar with. Just tell us, you know, what's RDO Equipment in its relationship with John Deere? Yeah, so... Uh, RDO Equipment has a pretty humble beginning as um, yeah, started back uh, many, oh, back in the 60s um, as a, uh, Ron Offit was a uh, potato farmer. And uh, so Ron Douglas Offit being RDO, um, he was a potato farmer and uh, he, he wasn't overly impressed with his current dealer um, or support centre for, for the equipment he was running. And so, um, yeah, I suppose he... Uh, he saw an opportunity there. He saw a gap in the market, and then then end up, uh, yeah, acquiring that dealership, and then um, yeah, supporting his uh, next door neighbours and uh, his next door neighbour farms, and then it sort of grew from there. And he had the opportunity to grow, and so um, it's always been on the premise of a uh, of a of servicing and supporting their um their clientele. So yeah, and that was with the John Deere product line. Um, and Nathan, pro- that he w- that was in Australia, right? No, that was in the US, sorry. Oh, so um, he, was, he was a potato farmer in the US. That's right. So, um, yeah, RDO Equipment as a business is a, is a US company. Um, right. uh, and, uh, yeah, RDO Equipment Australia, well, RDO Group Australia is um, is a, yeah, is a, a wholly owned subsidiary. Got it. And, um, and in terms of the Australian uh, current business, it's really come about through a merger of a few different entities, hasn't it? That's right. So RDO Equipment Co., so the US uh, entity, uh, uh, I suppose invested into Australia roughly seven, eight years ago into a company called uh, Vanderfield. Um, Vanderfield is synonymous with the agricultural John Deere brand uh, throughout uh, northern, uh, the northern part of Australia, so in, uh, in, in Northern Territory in Queensland. Um, they're definitely a market leader when it comes to uh, supplying and supporting the agricultural product. Um, and so, yeah, they invested in that and they saw an opportunity with Bruce Fantasy and his family and, uh, and the business there. And um, their model is very much uh, suited, being a family-owned company, RDO, and then uh, the Fantasy uh, being a part of, obviously, a family-owned business. So the philosophies really met the same. And again, the core part of the business was uh, service um, and support and partnering with businesses. So 
yeah, so that happened about seven, eight years ago. And then about four years ago, um, they partnered with a business called Vermeer Equipment Holding. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vermeer being a, a very large uh, US manufacturer also. Um, uh, yeah, they partnered with the directors um, of the Australian entity. And then from there, um, yeah, it sort of grew and grew. Um, and then RDO, yeah, fully acquired both Vanderfield and... Um, and Vermeer Equipment Holdings under the RDO Group Australia banner uh, in December last year. Okay, great. Well, Bruce has been a, a guest on the Aratro podcast uh, uh, perhaps a couple of years ago, so I, I know him well. So does that mean that um, Vanderfield have now rebranded as RDO Equipment as well? Uh, so, no, we uh, the Vanderfield brand is is very much strong and, uh, and, and, and is staying with us for the time being. Yep. Um, I don't see uh, yeah, any reason. Uh, it's Again, it's a fantastic name, fantastic brand, and uh, they've got a lot of brand equity in Australia. Okay. And so without asking you to breach any sort of confidentiality, in terms of RDO Equipment Australia, give us a sense of the size of the business, either in terms of headcount or turnover, um, you know, obviously what you, whatever you're allowed to say. Yeah, so um, at the minute I think we've got roughly 520, 530 employees. Yeah. Um, and they encompass in the whole family. So in the Vermeer product line, in the uh, RDO equipment, I suppose, for so the John Deere CNS, so construction and forestry, mm-hmm. and the uh, the agricultural, so the ag and turf aspects. So a really strong, diverse business um, that, you know, can weather uh, a, a lot of storms. So whether it is, you know, no rain or, uh, or heaps of rain or uh, the forestry picks up or... You know, a lot of the brands and the products intertwine with each other and support each other. So it's a, it's a real good business model. RDO um, in the States uh, partner with Vermeer also. They have a very strong relationship and same with the Ag and Turf and the, the construction and forestry part of John Deere. So they've, um, they've got the process and uh, down pat and it's a real, real positive aspect looking at, you know, as we continue to grow, I think this business is... Uh, we believe there's so much room for growth and there's a massive space for us in the, uh, in the market. And I think there is a gap in the market in the construction and forestry space for that real partnership aspect with our clients. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, um, I'm real, uh, real positive in that. It's real positive in that sense. Okay. That's excellent. And, and did I hear you mention Perth as part of that? You guys are in the West as well? No, we're not. Um, okay. so, uh, yeah, they, uh, John Deere have, um, uh, got another dealer that looks after WA and uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So look, um, before we, you know, talk a little bit more about some of the uh, things that you're excited about in relation to RDO in the future, tell us a little bit about your background, Nathan. Uh, where were you born and where did you grow up? I grew up in Adelaide and I moved over here um, from my, uh, my father uh, getting relocated over to Melbourne. Um, so I now reside in Melbourne and, um, Yes, I uh, did my schooling and um, further education in um, in Victoria, um, yep. and then from there, um, funny enough, my first real job was um, was McDonald's at the age of fourteen. And, uh, and I tell you right now, for a business model, they are uh, they've got it when it comes to teaching um, young people about uh, key performance indicators and, and understanding uh, the management process, uh, following policies and procedures. I think they're one of the best uh, foundation businesses to work. Work with for a 14, 15 year old. Yeah, I look at uh, when I got my first job at uh, 15, you couldn't work at 14 back in my day. 
I got a job working at Woolies. And, uh, you know, we used to think that all the cool kids got to work at McDonald's and all the daggy kids had to work at Woolies. So, uh, yeah, you, you, were, you were one peg above us, that's for sure. And so did you come from a sort of an agri family? Were you, had you had sort of an experience of working in the spaces that RDO works or is that? No. No, funny enough, my, um, I suppose uh, if I look at my heritage and my family, we're, we're um, a long line of uh, fitter and turners. Right. Um, uh, my father started as a fitter and turner and then from there moved uh, into draftsmen and then into sales and, and, and from an executive level worked for um, uh, Robert Bosch for many, many years. Yeah. So, um, and so that's, I suppose, my passion for ma- uh, manufacturing and um I suppose automotive uh, and I suppose engines, combustion, that sort of situation. That's I really yeah, found that very enjoyable. So um, yeah, I suppose that's where my passion lied, and and machinery obviously was always encompassed in that. Sure. And what and what does he think about his son being on the dark side in sales? <laughs> well, he um I, I suppose uh, me and him always have a discussion about uh, sales, and obviously coming from an operation perspective. Sales, uh, it's always it's always been a little bit of um, operations versus sales, sales versus operations. But I'll tell you, it's one thing that's impressed me for this um, business is that, uh, yeah, RDO definitely don't have that mentality. Like yeah, even the way, the language they use when it comes to um, the business being almost a family aspect, it's not a, a other other manufacturers maybe I've worked for have that view of um oh well there's operations over there and there's sales over here and we work as separate entities that's definitely not the case here mm-hmm. so but no it's funny you say that my um me and my dad have had a a lot of discussions about sales and operations and yeah. you know and whatnot over the years so yeah well look I, I started my career in sales and the operations guys would say you're always over promising and we'd say oh you're always under delivering and then I moved across to operations and you know, had to change my tune. So I, I've, I've seen it myself and, you know, I talk to people about it all the time. So you've kind of worked in a variety of different sort of sales roles, uh, Transurban, Gruenville, you know, um, how do I pronounce Liebherr, is that correct? Yeah, Liebherr, yeah. Yeah, right. so a nice German company, yep. Yeah, and out of interest, <laughs> what nationality is your surname? Uh, Pasola is Maltese, actually. Um, oh, I think right. it actually originates many, many, many uh, decades ago to uh, even the Greek islands. But um, yeah, but um, so my father was actually born in Malta, moved over here when he was one years old. And then um, yeah, but my mother, I like to call her Skippy the Kangaroo. So right. um, yeah, so, uh, as far so as we remember. She's a true Aussie. Yeah, you could say that. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> and so you joined um, RDO, you know, almost 18 months or so ago. So you know, what was it that attracted you to joining them in the first place? Yeah, so I was actually um, tossing up in uh, which direction in my career I would go um, from. I had options with different manufacturers at the time. Um, and uh, I, I ended up speaking to a, a fellow who's been part of the RDO group um, for quite some time. Uh, his name's um, Mark Coon, and uh, he's currently our general manager of operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The passion that came from his, uh, his voice, um, uh, the overall picture, the, the discussions we had, it's just like our philosophies aligned straight away. Um, and it's something that I'm very passionate about is, is people and, 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 and leading and, and coaching and, and, you know, really uh, get someone where they want to go from point A to point B. We work out a plan how to get there. And, and that's 
really what excited me about this company is that it was a almost a grassroots mm-hmm. um, company and instead of a maybe a well established business that is ingrained in its culture and its uh, yeah for me it was like okay this is somewhere where we can develop culture and we can do something a bit different be be a company where yeah we're we're still selling iron but at the end of the day there's um you know the truth behind it is that people buy off people um and the long term we look at solutions we look at partnerships we look at how do we um integrate with businesses and yeah rdo really have that philosophy down pack and that that comes all the way back from again ron offset being a potato farmer and you know him actually understanding having his hands dirty and going hey well this is this is the struggles i had as a potato farmer and and what do i need from my dealer and so um since uh since that you know i read about the fundamentals of the business and and again it's sort of something that sparked a you know a bit of passion inside me and it, it again my philosophy aligned with um with you know their promises as a business they have the rdo promise in the state and in the states and it's a it's an awesome promise. So, um, yeah, it worked real well, I suppose. And I suppose, yeah, coming on, um, you know, I knew that I would have to hire a team and and um, and really uh, establish, you know, many different heads coming together to have a common goal. And yeah, and it's been a fun eighteen months so far. Well, I, I note from your LinkedIn profile that uh, you came into a sort of a sales manager role and were promoted basically at the end of a year and now as a national sales manager. So that's a you know, fairly fast transition and, and also you know, sort of dealing with this uh, merge of three companies. So I imagine it's been a, a very busy um, 18 months for you. Yeah, no, I suppose um, earlier this year, I got asked to sit on the executive um, leadership team. So um, yeah, I've been doing that now for five months or four or five months. So that's been a real eye-opener for me too from an executive level how to um how we look at the business how we you know look at culture look at people look at um training look at you know um how we how we look after our people and because at the end of the day our key success factor is our is our employees um and that's that's the heart of our business i suppose is that, you know i suppose if you get that if you look after that um i think the customers get looked after at the end of the day the the sales and all that get looked after so that's our um we even had a discussion this morning um, in relation to training, um, you know, the, the cost of training and how you you look at your return on investment and, and whatnot. And I just, um, it was a real positive conversation. I just, again, knew that that I'm in the right business. So, yeah. Well, that's excellent. Yeah, I know from uh, early discussions I've had with you that uh, uh, it, this, this idea of not selling, not having a transaction, but developing a a service relationship with your customer where it's a, you know, it, it, it begins with a transaction, but then it's a long relationship of being of service and helping them, you know, it, it, and from my own experience in dealing with uh, Vanderfield too, I think you're right. It's a fairly unique culture and, uh, and, a, a, and a great place to be involved with. So now you're in a situation, you know, almost the middle of uh, uh, the year, we're just coming out of lockdown and, uh, and so looking towards the future, you know, with the, this merge and built, starting to build the, the foundations of this new culture, you know, largely um, in place, what's next? You know, what are you excited about, you know, perhaps over the next sort of two to three years? Yeah, I suppose, um, you know, when you, the best way I suppose I could paint a picture is when you're building a house, you know, you, get, you and your partner, you go down, you look at the block and you see it and, um, 
and then you know you see the slab get built and then you see the frame go up and you see the roof go on the bricks go up and then yeah i think this past year has been very much that uh that that bit of seeing the grass roots level and um and now we're seeing the point where the, the frame's going up and you know we're starting to see the whole thing come together and and that's what's really exciting is 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 that we've got the new pro- we've got the products that you know we didn't have last year um you know coming in coming into uh, i suppose uh, into the country now where all the training has been done and we're at the point now where we can start running um uh, and you know run well and have the processes and the systems in place and to have um yeah real confident outlook of where the market is and you know it, i think a lot of the gritty hard work um you know the the dirty muddy stuff um we've we've sort of gone through in the first uh, 12 months and as you would with technically a new business um so now we're seeing the fruit of that i suppose um and so that's what i'm really looking forward to is the, the you know putting on the the specialist aspect now and instead of um, people wearing multiple hats and whatnot it's more okay let's focus on what our strengths are now um and uh, i think that's um the exciting part for me is i can start seeing the, the sales guys really uh, you know grow in their roles um and at the same time um you know we're uh we're advertising for new positions and that's with the growth of the sales team and we know that they're yeah so that, that again i suppose that's what i'm really looking forward to i'm looking forward to some of the relationships that we formed um with some new clients in the past three months or so um that we're starting to deliver the product to them and um yeah to see how that really looks over the next year and two years and how we we measure that and how we get feedback from that and you know whether it's good bad ugly we can really you know work work through our, our partners with that so yeah. yeah okay great and one of the things again from talking with you previously you know i, I note about you Nathan, is that uh you know you're pretty open-minded i mean when you're growing a team if you're looking for certain character traits rather than you know technical industry type background you've got a very um uh specific view about the type of culture you're trying to build and the people that are going to uh, survive and thrive in that culture. So, you know, tell us a little bit about your philosophy in that regard. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think the best, the best aspect I can talk about it is, is I suppose that your attitude, the way you view, um, I suppose your existence and how you, um, how you actually manage yourself and manage your, the things that you can manage in life really changes the things that you can't manage in life. Um, and I suppose um, when it comes to the people, like as you know, everything that can be taught can be can be taught, uh, but attitude takes time, um, and it really does. And to get the right person with the with the with the view and the outlook that you know, um, I suppose that they can just nurture and understand and, and believe what they're doing is actually having an impact and they feel supported and they feel like they're contributing. Um, I think that's more important than being the smartest person in the room. Um, I suppose so when I'm, that whole that, self, that self-reflection, reflective aspect of a person is what's important to me and more, more, what, what's important for our business. I think that's what really makes you maybe not the word get better as a person, but definitely um, move forward as a person. Um, yeah. And, and so that's uh, that's the sort of person that people that we we look for in 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 this business is that 
you know, it's, again, it's not about being the, the fastest runner. It's about being, okay, well, it's not an individual sport here. So as a team, um, I really like, uh, I talk about in our sales meetings and a lot uh, about uh, sports because I, I'm, a, I'm a sports fanatic. Um, <laughs> well, you live in Melbourne after all. That's right. So I really, um, you know, I listen to uh, many different, I suppose, coaches or, you know, general managers of uh of uh, sporting clubs and how they speak and how they talk and it's all about yeah there are some key position players and but there are the the guys who are the hard you know the gritty people that go out there and, and just do the same thing day in day out and but they they know that they're a part of the team and they know they're a part of the cog in the process and and about to reflect on yourself and reflect on your team about how how the bigger picture looks like and so um yeah uh, i like the whole idea of it. it's a you know, what we do isn't a finite thing. Um, it's not about just, uh, okay, let's get to the end of the year and reach an arbitrary, you know, figure. It's about, okay, creating that culture that isn't a, uh, an infinite aspect that you're always trying to strive to be better and create better relationships and to, um, you know, look after and nurture your, your, your macro environment and your micro environment, I suppose. So, yeah. Mm, yeah I think that that point about the level of self-reflection is so important. I, I run these... Uh, Groups called Ar- Arrowhead Champions Forum is where we get people from a whole variety of different types of uh, senior executive backgrounds to talk about what's going on for them. And, and basically, you know, what we talk about is you have a preferred reality. And in order to understand where, how to get to your preferred reality, you need to have a very clear and honest um, understanding and appreciation for your current reality. And I think yeah, that's, that's cool. where a lot of people fall down. You know, they set these goals of, you know, I'm going to be a sales superstar or become a CEO or whatever, but they don't actually, you know, do a, a sort of a inventory of their skills and, you know, their work ethic and their uh, values. Um, and uh, and it, it's not until you really start to self-reflect and go, okay, there was, there's definitely things that I could do better. Um uh, if I'm serious about wanting to achieve the goals that I have in my life. And, um, yeah, and I, I found it very interesting when you raised it, when we spoke earlier, to raise that again. I think that's a, you know, a, a very valuable uh, piece of advice. So, Nathan, what about for you personally in terms of if you look out into the longer term for your own future? You know, what are the things that you're excited about achieving in your career? Um, I suppose uh, for myself, I think my... Um I'm still only young, I suppose. I've I've, I've got grey hair, but I um but I don't think that's um got to do with my age. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, for myself, I what I really want to do is I I like to set myself goals in the sense of the more team orientated goals. So um to look at uh, how my team um is performing, where they're at um at home, where they're at at work, where they're at socially, um personally, and go okay, well how do we um and I suppose it, it could cause come as a little bit of a maybe a, a selfish goal in the sense that I want to see people achieve because it makes me feel good I suppose it releases the serotonin in my brain um, but I, I suppose for me it's about uh, about creating people what I really want to do is to influence that you know that what you do at home what you eat what you watch how you absorb things really does affect how you perform at work and and you know um, and so that's the that's what I, I get my kicks from I suppose um, and yeah, for myself, I think uh, I'm happy to to sit in sit in a position, uh, and as long as I see growth in people in my um, 
yeah, and in myself too, I suppose. So, mm. yeah, but um, I think, yeah, long term, I think, yeah, as long as I'm dealing with people, I'm happy. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's great. And uh, and just to kind of wrap this conversation up, because I know that uh, you've got other things to get on with today. What what about when Nathan's not at work? You know, you, you said that you love sport, but, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the guy when uh, uh, he's uh, out of the office. Yeah, so to start off with, I'm, um, I love being active and I love being in nature. Um, I'm actually a, a plant-based person. I've been plant-based for mostly about five or... Oh, actually, yeah, actually, it's seven years now. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very conscious about, uh, you know, the environment um, that I'm in. And uh, so, you know, I love running and I love cycling. Um, also, uh, I really enjoy been out in the garden i enjoy you know camping hiking um and i also love building things so um whether it's doing something at home or helping out a friend or uh just uh yeah tinkering in the shed i uh, oh. i really enjoyed it so i guess you're a bit of a fan of rich roll are you oh yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> and for the uninitiated who are listening to this when nathan says plant-based that's kind of the new politically correct way of saying i'm a vegan right that's right. I suppose it doesn't have a um, a negative connotation towards it. I suppose when people think of vegans, they think about the side, people standing up with signs at the front of a slaughterhouse where uh, I suppose I work for a company where, um, you know, we, we supply company uh, equipment called John Deere and John Deere, are the largest agricultural supplier in the world. And so when I see what they're doing um, and the way they even conduct themselves in the forestry space, it's really uh, that sustainable aspect of looking about what's better ways to farm, better ways to forest um, and better ways to extract materials. And I think John Deere are really the leaders in that, in, in the marketplace. So again, why I get passionate about RDO and, and whatnot. So again, it sort of aligns with, I can have my impact on the industry, but at the same time, I'll be able to learn and absorb from my customers and um, from my clients, uh, from my, sorry, my sales clients, um, sorry, my sales team's clients and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, uh, so I digress, but, uh, yeah, veganism is something that, um, yeah, there's a, a lot of things, uh, I suppose, like religion. There's um, certain things you believe in, certain things you take with a grain of salt, but um, I think um, there's a lot of things in life that we could take away from it and about I suppose how we look at ourselves and how we look at how we um, we take from the world. So yeah. yeah. Well, without getting into a huge dialogue about that, you know, one of the things I find is amazing is you can have somebody who only eats fruit, right? So they eat thirty bananas a day. Uh, <laughs> you know that guy in Australia, um, what's his Durian. Yeah, Durian. Durian. Yeah. Okay, so he's yeah. a very competitive cyclist, and, and literally he only eats fruit. And then on the other side of the coin, you can have somebody who only eats meat, right? And both of them are in health. Now, I just go, isn't it amazing? Like if you had a car that ran on diesel and you put petrol in it, it would break. If you had a car that ran on petrol and you put diesel on it, it would break. But the human body, one person can put in only fruit, another person can put in only meat, and the body still operates. I think Mm -hmm. that is an incredible piece of engineering. Oh, it's uh, it's like um, I'm uh, listening to a book at the moment uh, called Sapien, and oh, it's yeah, the history, yeah, the history of humans. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Even just how our philosophies are and why we do what we do, and and it's uh, there's one thing that we we are as humans is we uh, we adapt and we're very resilient, and mm. um, 
yeah, and we're better we're better when we're together. So right, no, well, let's get out of lockdown as quick as possible. Well, Nathan, I, I might have to get you back on the podcast so we can get into a far more deep and philosophical conversation. Uh, and For you sure. know, uh, Rich Roll, who's got one of the bigger podcasts in the world, might hear you on this one and invite you to join. Come in on his. <laughs> if only. <laughs> but you're uh, you're new calling to be a, an international podcast guest. Yeah, maybe one day, one day. <laughs> nah, very good, mate. Well, thank you, thank you for your time. Oh no, it's a pleasure, Nathan. Uh, thanks uh, for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, good luck with uh, RDO. I think it sounds like you're as happy as a pig in mud there, and you know you're really excited about the future. And so, uh, it's just great to see people achieving their sort of career ambitions and fulfilling their potential, which is what our team is all about. So, have a great yeah. afternoon, and look forward to speaking again soon. No, thank you, Richard. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us on the Arate podcast with Richard Triggs. If you'd like a free copy of Richard Triggs' book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market, How to Find and Win Your Next Senior Executive Role, please visit uncoverthehiddenjobmarket.com to register your details. The Arate podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.